0: I am not a new saint because I feel divine or extraordinary. I am a new saint because I have chosen to give a shit about myself and everyone around me, and because I have figured out much of the work I need to do to help people experience the freedom to be their most authentic selves. I do that work and I keep showing up to do that work. Lama Rod Owens. i'm ac brown and you're listening to is my aura on straight a podcast designed to help you start living from your core instead of your conditioning each week we'll have deep conversations that will help you create a powerful transformation that shifts your perspective in life love and business with topics ranging from spiritual self-development human design astrology metaphysics, and everything in between. Human design and astrology is not just about the self. It is also about being. It is also about existing. It is also about people, places, things, objects, and experiences. You can pull charts for events, long-term projects, and for experiences that you may have had or days that may have seemed weird in the past. Human design and astrology has a vast knowledge in giving you the energies that exist in between the lines of things seen. And unseen. In this episode, I take a unique approach, and I analyze the human design and astrological chart of Lama Rod Owen's book, *The New Saints: From Broken Hearts to Spiritual Warriors*. Listen in on our conversation as we talk about his book that is a pure generator, and Lama Rod is an emotional projector for a six. So the book, I'm going to talk about the human design of it all mm-hmm. and the astrological part of it. But I was so shocked. The So the book is A Scorpio Sun, A Gemini Moon, and A Cancer Rising.
1: Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is interesting. And then the wild thing is that So what stuck out to me mostly was the Gemini moon because that's in the 12th house. And I don't know if you are too familiar with astrology, but the 12th house is what people like to call the hidden house or the house of unconsciousness Mm -hmm. or the house of emotional psychic wounds or psychic wounds Mm -hmm. that come up to be healed in this lifetime. That's what the 12th house is. So having this book, With Gemini in the 12th house, what it's here to heal is going to be regarding the communication and how you articulate your emotional needs, your fears, the issues that you are going to be confronting, not only with the outside world, but within yourself. So it dives to the depths of the psychological mind, the spirit, spirituality, the esoteric teachings. (laughs) I mean, this book is literally a healer a counselor it's part of the human psyche and when I started reading the book and then after I pulled the charts I was just like holy cannolis and for more reasons than one um, being someone who was born which everyone's psychic but having my gifts kind of exposed and honed with my grandmother and her being from the South, there was so much stigma and so many things regarding it. And then you just come out the gate with this book, like you hit it, like this is what a new saint is. And it was just so mind blowing to start reading and feeling so heard and held from the beginning. What was that process like when you first laid words to this?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, you know what? I started thinking about this book after my last book, Love and Rage, came out during the pandemic, during quarantine. And I was actually writing Love and Rage for the pandemic. So as I was writing Love and Rage, the years leading to the pandemic, I had no idea. I just didn't understand the book at all like and I would tell my you know support and advisors I was like I don't understand what I'm writing Mm. because this doesn't seem to be talking about anything (laughs) that's happening right now and then I kept missing all these deadlines right (laughs) and the book just kept holding itself back and then finally it came forward and we scheduled to have it drop June of 2020 and then when it dropped I was like oh I was writing for a pandemic world And I just didn't know that. And I learned how to do certain things to get that book out, you know, with my mentors and spiritual advisors. So after the book came out in June, I started thinking about this. After the murder of George Floyd, I was just like, listen, what am I doing? You know, Mm. what do I need to put into the world? And this book started coming, but it was just an idea. And I wrote some stuff up and I talked, you know, with Erica as well, you know, and we, you know, I submitted some writing, you know, um, for the book, but it just wasn't it. Mm. And then I waited and waited, you know, to the following year. So this is 2021 now. And my agent, you know, Stephanie Tad, you know, right, Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was like, listen, you know, when are you going to give me something like real?
0: <laughs> <laughs> when, Stephanie, when Stephanie reaches out, yeah. uh, it's like I get nervous. I'm like, yeah. hey. <laughs> yeah.
1: She was like, "What? when are you going to really give me some writing, you mm. know? And so after that, I sat down, I just opened. I like opened psychically and I was like, listen, when am I? Let's, time this, let's start calling you into the world. And so I wrote what would become the, the first draft of the prologue mm. of New Saints. And I wrote it and I was just like, I'm just going to open wide, you know, and just channel. Whatever I'm channeling. And you, I mean. Yep. And that's what happened. And so I wrote this prologue, the first draft of the prologue, sent it to Stephanie. She was like, I've been crying, reading, it, you it, know, this chapter. It's, and I was like, and that's it. I was like, here's here's the here channel for the book. And then it was off to the races after that.
0: That's amazing because it speaks in such a way where it it talked to me like I've never been talked to before, especially if you are psychic, if you're a healer, if you do any intuitive work, this book saw, and I always compare my experience to how my grandmother saw me because that was, um, I am what my grandmother used to call an only, only I'm the only child out of both sides of my family. I'm the only person for like second cousins, third cousins who doesn't have a brother or sister. So right. it's just me. Right. And she always saw something in me with my psychic gifts and things like that. And reading this book, it felt like she was like, oh, here, read this for your development. And that's how I felt. One of the things that pointed out to me when I started reading, was the new saint is not a good person. Yep. And I was just like, hold on. <laughs> I was like, hold <laughs> on, pause. Let me let me go back to this. As a recovering people pleaser, when I read the statement, the new saint is not a good person, it stopped me dead in my tracks. Lama Rod explains that goodness is not something we perform it is not something that is an identity it is not something that is a location it is something that we settle into goodness is who you are so instead of saying i am being good or i am a good person he likes to say i am gooding Because gooding out in the world is an energy, it's a vibe, it's an existence, and it is an experience. Explain that a little bit when you talk about the new saint, and we'll get more into what the sainthood is and all of the things. Yeah,
1: Yeah, because for me, I wanted to disrupt this idea of what was ethical. For people, because I think we get real rigid around ethics, right? To a point where we're like, "Well, I shouldn't do this, therefore you shouldn't do this." Like, if it's bad for me, it's bad for you. And I was like, "Well, that doesn't like make sense because we're all different. Like, we all have to determine right what's good for us, right?" And so that got me into goodness. I was like, "Okay, what is goodness?" And I think people get into this place where, like, "Oh, I'm good," and then they don't actually know how to recognize when they're not practicing goodness when they're actually creating harm right and those have been the most difficult people for me to relate to because you can't tell them anything about the harm because they're good people i'm I'm good good i vote i recycle i'm a vegetarian you know i'm like and then i talk about that i you know i kind of drag people for that in the book but but for me it was like no like Goodness is something that I'm choosing second to second and not every second. I'm not choosing goodness every second. Sometimes I'm choosing to be real petty.
0: (laughs) Sometimes people need petty.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, sometimes I don't quite make it to choosing the good choice. And for me, goodness is how... I align myself and my life towards ultimate liberation. I love that. Right? Both socially and ultimate liberation coming together. That's what goodness is. If you're not doing this, then you're not practicing goodness. Right. And
0: I love you say, I am gooding opposed to I am being good. Yeah. That is what stuck stuck out to me. And going back to your astrological chart for the book, um, it's a cancer rising and the cancer rising is here to heal needs and issues of emotional security and nurturing and giving and receiving and it's not necessarily about being a mother to all and you know pouring from an empty cup it's really about setting emotional boundaries and not overextending yourself and not depleting yeah. yourself and your emotional resources. So when I read that about the new saint is not a good person, it lined up with the cancer rising. It's not necessarily a declaration of, oh, hey, here I am, good person. Like you said, I am gooding. I make a choice every day to be good in this way. Yeah. And that is important. And Mm -hmm. how do people, how do you, Mm -hmm. how do you help people choose that to be good every day? What does that consist of? Mm -hmm. Because everybody's definition of good is different.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think first and foremost, you have to embody what this looks like, right? So I need to do more than talk a good game, right? I need to like actually live the life both publicly and privately, And that's an ethical kind of standard that I hold myself to. Right. You know, so whatever you see happening in public is happening in my private life. And no matter what I'm doing, you know, my ethical framework is to choose the reduction of harm and violence and to align myself towards ultimate liberation to help others. So when people see that, when I see that with other people, that I'm like, okay, you're doing something that works. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, but you also have to help people to understand that they can choose how to get free. You know, they can choose freedom for themselves. And then you can put the work out there for them like I do in the book, you know. And that's why I wrote the book in the way that I did. It was like, I just have to rip myself open, right? And just pour myself on the table and show you, right? Because like, you need to see what's possible, Right. And I have to tell you the truth of what's possible. Yeah. Which. And then people buy into that.
0: Oh, there's so many, so many good things about this book. I can't. <laughs> I have, if y'all can see my book, it's like highlighted and I got <laughs> sticky notes and everything. You go into what the new saint is. And what really stuck out to me is well, probably third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, all of those kind of stuck (laughs) out to me. But I want to talk about, because going back to the astrological chart of the book, the the new saint is a Scorpio sun in the fifth house, which is... Deeply emotionally invested into the realms of creativity, romance, self-expression, and it almost has a compelling nature to transform and regenerate itself through creative and romantic expressions. And reading about what the new saint is, one thing that kind of popped out to me, well, there were several things, but... The fourth kind of point was that the new saint embraces rather than bypasses the complexity of identity. And that word popped out bypassing, because as you know, there is a lot Mm -hmm. of spiritual bypassing in this community and really putting a pin to that and saying, no, we are not going to do this. This is not what the new saint does how have you navigated that spiritual bypassing in your journey, in your career to be mm-hmm. not necessarily who you are, but to bring your work
1: yeah. to life? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? This is something I've been thinking about actually today, <laughs> you know, just the work I've had to do to be myself mm. in a, in a field or like in this community where people are like often very much performing versions of themselves right to get the clicks to get the money you know to get the memberships um and early on when i became a teacher when i became a llama i said you know i'm gonna do this in my way right because if i don't do it in my way then i lose a level of integrity right and for me as i talk about in the book integrity is really 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 important for me because i can't get away with the same shit people get away with You know, like, (laughs) like I have to be real about that, you know, and for me to do what I do, I have to be transparent. I have to tell the truth. But the most important thing is I have to deeply love myself in order to create the space for these identities to be present. Right. So I can work with them and express them in a way that feels really liberating. Right. You know, I'm black and queer and fat and a Southerner, and, you know, all these things. Like, all of these identity locations are important, and they are full of wisdom and data that I can use to help other people, right, get free from their suffering, right? And this is why this is so important. It's like people need to see reflections of themselves in teachers and advisors and mentors. And I never had a teacher like me coming up, you know, so I want to be that teacher for people who don't see themselves reflected, you know, in the spiritual wellness kind of come, you know, yeah. community. And
0: what was what was that like cuz I I struggle a lot um about mm-hmm. not seeing myself and it keeps me going. Yeah. to do mm-hmm. what I'm doing, but it gets really mm-hmm. challenging. But you've been doing this yeah. longer than me. How mm-hmm. how is that What was that process like to to have that self-belief, to push yourself mm-hmm. because you mm-hmm. haven't seen, you didn't see it. You couldn't go and yeah. look, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I had, I was really fortunate to have teachers who reflected these things back to me, right? My my primary teacher, Norla Rinpoche, who was an older, older Tibetan man, master, you know, Um, was really adamant about me understanding that I was a Black teacher, Mm -hmm. right? And he was like, people will listen to you. He said, there are people who will listen to you before they listen to me. Because you're Black, because you're American, right? Because you're like young and from this culture. And he was like, you need to take that seriously because this is a gift for people, like you're showing up in a in a space where you're not represented and people are waiting for you to show up you know people are waiting for you to make this lineage accessible you know because you can talk like them and you look like them and you come from the same places that they come from embrace that that's a blessing you know, and I have, you know, and that's helped me to to really develop a deep self-love, you know. When your teacher sees you like this, then that's intense validation, right? And then I had other teachers who came along and reflected back the same things. And so over time, I was like, oh, like, this is important. I can actually be myself. I can have fun, right? And I can also do this work with people, you know, But again, like on this side, yes, it looks intense. Like it's like, how did you get there? And I was like, yeah, I just, I was, I just had people who validated who I was and told me I had a right to choose to be myself, you know, as a teacher, you know, and I want to give that same permission to others. I'm taking it, you know, that you,
0: (laughs) yeah, I give it to you, you
1: know, you know, in terms of like, you know, You know being aligned with the grandfathers you know the grandfather energy it's like i i give permission i open the door i bless people so that they can do what they need to do you know and i just want to this whole book everything that i do is about clearing the way for people you know to do this work that's important for them
0: no this you, you cleared, listen, you cleared a lot in me. I can't even explain. <laughs> you cleared a lot. I, I, uh, you cleared so much, so much for me. Um, going back to your charts, um, do you are you familiar with human design? Yes.
1: Okay, you are. What, yes. what mm-hmm. is your
0: aura type personally? Do you know?
1: I don't know specifically. Okay, that's
0: okay. But the book is um the book is actually a generator um okay six two
1: so i'm a i'm a projector now i just remembered i was like oh i've been through this this process i'm a projector (laughs) so i'm a projector yes i'm a
0: projector and
1: that makes sense that's exactly i haven't even thought about the book in human design you know but like but yet it, it is a talk generator.
0: Because <laughs> okay
1: to talk about I'm it. <laughs> a projector, so
0: that's, that's comforting. Oh, look yeah. at that. So yeah. yeah, I'm a projector, you're a projector, but your book is a pure generator and it's a 6-2. Yeah. And so what pointed out, there was so much that really stood out with it being a generator. And one of the things is in human design, there's something called an incarnation cross. And that is your overall purpose or direction that you are supposed to go in this life. So, the book is what it's called the Left Angle Cross of Alignment. And so, the book is here to, which is just perfect, it's here to make a shift from the old traditional paradigm to align with the new paradigm. So, it's here to show us the way and to be able to do just that it might be risky it might be challenging along the way but it is here to show us that there is a new way to do things there's a new way and i was just like whoa well that makes sense yeah so that was amazing so that is what the book is Mm -hmm. here to do it's here to show us the way all of us the way and to show us how to do things in our own way and to be our own person um which is great and being a generator as the book is a generator it's going to be here for mastery because the generator is here to master something over time and the mastery of the generator when you know we talk about that in human design over time it is a I like to say it's an energy that The generator sinks into and sinks its teeth into and then it grabs Mm -hmm. on and it just goes with the different waves of the times, of the energy, of the community, all of that. But it has a longevity that stays. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the book is here to do, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's here to to lead us. And when we think about that or when you think about that, hearing that, Mm -hmm. what is the hope for the mm-hmm. book, when people finally get it in their hands, because there's so many gems there. I, can't, yeah, if I could just go, I, I would just do a whole a read and rainbow on the book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <in> love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, um, I want the book to accompany people, to be with people. I want it to be a teacher for folks, right? Um the generating for me it's it's the process or the experience of being you know well generative, right? You know, it just keeps meeting people because I think the book itself is a portal that shapes itself around the needs mm. of who comes to it. So that portal begins to actually offer what the readers most most need. Not so much want, but need. I think the book is is talking to people's deepest needs that they don't even know are there yet. I think this book will surface that for people.
0: One of the common misconceptions about healing, it is that it's going to be easy. And that is far from the truth. Healing is hard. Healing is work. It is not all rainbows, sprinkles, and sunshine. This is the reason why many people choose not to deal with their shadow self because they are afraid of what might come out of the shadows, what they might have to address and face head on. Speaking of needs, one thing that completely left me just... It cracked open my soul, cracked open my heart. But it was started in the chapter of the profound paths of work, Mm -hmm. like W E R K Mm -hmm. and work. Mm -hmm. And you talk about something that I've been struggling with for so long. And you made a reference to figuring out your work. Yeah. And in that, I had to put the book down. And had to go talk to my ancestors at the altar. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> the first point of that section says, if it feels easy, it's probably not your work. And I said, Oh, so I guess I am on the right path. <laughs> <Because> yep.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: I had to put the book down and I said, mm-hmm. ah. Okay, well, that answered my question that I had to, you know, I was, I've been asking God, I'm like, God, I don't know what's going on, but this ain't what it is. Yep. And I was just really in the space these last couple of weeks <laughs> of just questioning everything. And when I read that, it was like, if it feels easy, it's probably not your work. Lean toward what feels hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. Please elaborate on that for. The whole collective to anyone who is reaching for something outside of themselves when it it's been rough.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me that and I mean this comes out of my direct experience because I can get real tied up in feeling good and doing what feels really easy. And I and then I realize I'm not growing, I'm not expanding, mm. you know, I just get into self indulgence. You know, and that disconnects me. You know, from from just the world, from people, from communities, and so then I started thinking, okay, like there's work that I'm doing that's really hard. You know, let's let's shift some some, some attention into that and see what I'm you know getting out of that. And I began to understand, yes, like I'm only growing in discomfort and risk taking. You know. Even if you love it, like doing hard work doesn't mean you don't love it. I love everything that I do, but it's also difficult to do. And I think that's where people really need to find themselves. There has to be a love for the work and a joy for the work and a recognition that, yeah, this is like labor. (laughs) like This is doing hard work, but in the labor, we're changing, we're evolving right you know and that's important you know and when you yeah you're looking at a lot of intense heavy stuff and this is when i say you know what it's not just you doing the work on your own you have to call in your resources you have to call in the people and the ancestors and the teachers you know and whomever you're connected to right they can join you in the work that feels really difficult
0: No, that makes sense. And going back to the human design chart of the book, the book has completely what we call in human design, um, ego will center. Mm. It's completely open. So, which means that someone or something who has a completely open will center, ego center, heart center, um, has to have the will to do something. Will is not natural it is not easy for someone who has an open ego heart center Mm -hmm. it has to be ignited it has to be influenced Mm -hmm. it cannot be persuaded so when i saw that of doing leaning into the hard things this book has when you read the book and you start things start clicking, I will say this for anyone who does pick up the book, it is going to take Will to actually say and make a decision, oh, this is who I am and how I want to live. Yeah. Because yeah. the concepts, the, the things in the book are not just as I like to say, sprinkles and rainbows and airy-fairy <laughs> as we get in some of the spirituality yep. community, yep. it is really a declaration for you as a person yep. and who you are, who you uh, you know, as Leon LaVanzette would say, mm. who you be yep. in the world yep. and who you be can be completely different it's it's who you want to be but you have to make that choice yeah. and in the figuring out the work section you talk about taking inventory of your talents and try to align your work with your talents yeah. that is hard for people mm-hmm. and i will say for black and brown mm-hmm. people it's a lot harder yeah. how do you teach people to navigate that because something that we find talent or that the world finds talented is something that we might have had to do out of survival right
1: right or
0: that um doesn't necessarily um feel good Mm -hmm. because it's it's a means to an end or Mm -hmm. you you know the skill is Mm -hmm. not as free yeah yeah for others like it is you know what i mean
1: yeah Well, a lot of things, a lot of talents really are just responses Mm -hmm. to situations, you know, like we learn how to do things because we have to like move through something or get something done. Right. Um, And I think that the ways that maybe we've adopted talents to meet the reality of like systemic oppression. Right, I think those talents can be used and transformed into experiences of actual liberation, you know? Like, yeah, I've struggled and we've struggled really hard in systematic racism, but that struggle actually taught me how to be resilient. And it's taught our community resilience, right? It's taught us community and collective care, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what we can actually use to keep going forward and offer this to other folks who are you know struggling to understand how to move through other kinds of systems, you know, oppressive systems as well. Um, I just, I guess for me, even more so, like it's understanding that like, yeah, I may have developed these talents to meet, you know, you know, really harsh systems, but I have them. And so therefore I want to use this to help others, you know, instead of feeling like, oh, this is a burden to have mm-hmm. this. No, actually I want to, change my relationship to this now and use it, you know? And that's how I relate to anything, any talent, anything that I learned to do, you know, I take it and I turn it around and try to use it to help people. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. That. Thank you for that perspective. Yeah. Shift. Yeah. I know there's such, Um. people are torn yeah. about, Pursuing their dreams and taking care of themselves Mm -hmm. and trying to find a a happy medium. And you even say in the book, you know, in this section, figure out what you love to do and see if your work can extend from what you love. And that can be challenging for some of us to figure that out. It takes sometimes it takes risks. It takes years. Yep. Yep. Um, But also, too, sometimes people don't want to do the work because that's scary because you don't know Mm -hmm. what's on the other side.
1: And that's my life as a teacher. It's like, I mean, people look at me and they're like, oh, like you're making it. You've done it. You're, you know, you're this thing in this institution, you know, all this stuff. Right. But I was like, but I didn't start with anything. I started with practice. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, I started with a deep desire to get free, to help others get free. Right. And I just kept pushing through it, even in times when I had no resources to Mm. my name. You know, but I knew that this is what I love to do. I knew that, yes, this was difficult, but I knew that, like, this was actually changing me and helping me to become the person that I needed to be to help people. And then, yeah, you feel ignored, you know, for years. Then all of a sudden someone says, oh, my God, I've been looking for you. Mm. you know and then other people start finding you and then all of a sudden it's like oh no actually i've just had to like evolve to begin to call the people who are waiting for me into a relationship you know and that's what's happening you know i'm i'm the teacher so many people have been waiting for
0: what was that journey like of Because now that we know that you're a projector, so I don't, I'm not, I know you don't know too much about human design, but the projector, the goal is success. Yes, That is um, Mm -hmm. the, the, the theme of to be successful. And it's about waiting for the invitation. Yeah, And sometimes those invitations are few and far between, and you could be, Just out here in these streets, just Mm -hmm. doing your thing for a very long time. And then the invitation comes Mm -hmm. and I tell people, you know, as a projector, like it's going to come. You just got to keep on going. Yeah. But what was that like for you seeing the world or even Mm -hmm. peers just move Mm -hmm. past you? Mm -hmm. Because that happens a lot for projectors.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: What was that like?
1: You know what? Really interestingly, like I have close friend, close relationships with artists, right? And I actually early on really saw my path as and uh, as an expression of an artist's path. You know, So my artist friends would be like, "Yeah, this is it. Like you know, we're working and working, we're producing you know, and we're trying to get, you know, whatever into a show or get seen or get into this publication, but you just keep working. You keep working on the craft. Like, that's why I kept hearing, just keep working, keep deepening the craft, right? And that's why I just did. I was like, yeah. And it was more than art for me. It was just my life. Like, like my practice, my work is my life, right? I would be doing this regardless, (laughs) you know? you know, practicing seriously like this. So I just focused on practice. I focused on deepening my understanding of what I was doing, the material of Buddhism and everything, you know, learning how to write, you know, and just continually staying close to my teachers and mentors, right, and getting feedback and just changing and getting Mm -hmm. sharper and more refined. And then suddenly people say, oh, who are you? Where did you come from right right very that's suddenly how it happens. right but I don't do anything to to get people well let me just like this is a complex statement I don't I'm not trying to get people's attention right I'm just like showing up and being myself
0: correct so, and that is the yeah. best thing for a projector I always yeah. tell a projector just show up to the party you yeah. don't have to announce you that you there just show up
1: I just show up. I'm just present I'm accessible I'm public I'm visible right but beneath that is intense practice and a commitment mm-hmm. you know to to the craft of of spiritual liberation mm-hmm. right and so people show up and they're they're just getting, often people are getting things that like I figured out years ago. You know? So even this book, The New Saints, is like, oh, I've, this is old news already. Like, I'm already on to the new thing.
0: Gosh, I know. Gosh, yes.
1: You know? So it's like, okay, but you're new to this. Right. So people, so people come to you and they're like, oh, you really know this. I was like, well, I've evolved past this. So I've already mastered (laughs) what you're just getting. Two years
0: ago. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is
1: like, People don't understand that about books. Like we we spend time writing books, right? So when you get the, the book, like it's old news for old the writer. Oh, you gosh. know, it's like actors. Actors are, you know, you know promoting movies that are just in the theater. they've
0: done but two years ago. Two, sometimes.
1: sometimes even more, you know, yeah. they're just like, listen, I did this years ago, but it's just coming out, you know? So, yeah, there's a level of mastery here you know, but it's just how it is. Like, this is how I practice and live my life. So this isn't extraordinary for me.
0: Right. How how do you, speaking mm-hmm. of, because now the book in your body and yeah. your energy mm-hmm. is old news, how do you then bring it back? Not necessarily to life, yeah. but how do you incorporate it into your teachings and the work that you do because it's already funneled through you already. And so now you have to go back. And you're like, like you said, this, this is old news for me and my my spirit, my my energy, my consciousness. Been here, done that. Yeah. How do you do that How it, in well, your work, in your well, practice?
1: You know, interesting, like as a projector, I just kind of like take on the energy of people. You know, like people show up and they're like, Oh, this book, this book. And I just tune into it and just start feeding it back to them. Okay. You know, it's like, okay, where are you at? Okay, I'll come and join you. And I'm gonna use your weight, your your frequency. Right. You know, to So you don't even lift
0: any energetic kind of
1: And and it's hard as a protector, it's hard, right? right? You know, because we don't generate.
0: Right. You know, we we're know, directing. We ain't got it. <laughs> I ain't got it. I tell people, all, yeah. like, listen, I ain't got it.
1: You know, mm-hmm. and I tell people too, I tell students, listen, I'm using what you're giving me. Yeah. You know, like what you're showing up with is actually what I'm using to create right. the space with you. You yeah. know,
0: people tell me that all the time. They're like, oh, we just need to just show up. And we know you're going to be on because that's literally yeah. show up. And I'm on. Yeah. And then I, I, all right, guys, got to go.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> give you all
0: I can give you.
1: <laughs> I'm exhausted, you know. I'm
0: exhausted. <laughs> I got to go. <laughs> I got to get out of here now. <laughs> Burnout is real and each aura type experiences burnout very very differently. Generators experience burnout by pushing themselves too hard and not knowing when to say no. Projectors push themselves too hard and burnout because they're trying to keep up with their counterparts and not listen to the ebbs and flows of their body. Manifestors burn out by pushing extremely hard with their ideas and creation and not knowing when to take a step back. And then reflectors, they burn out in a multitude of ways, not waiting to say yes to things, not waiting to allow their cycle to move through their body in an effective and efficient time. The most valuable thing that I have learned on my journey, and I advise this to you, It's to check in with yourself, to talk to your body and ask yourself, do I have enough space? Do I have enough energy? Do I have enough time to complete the task, to go to these places, to experience these new people and these new energies? Listen to your body and respond and act accordingly.
1: And that's a a hard thing for people to kind of get about us is that like i'm not always on right you know you know a lot of my practice is actually being in stillness and silence you know being offline just sitting in the quiet of my home and resting that's a lot of what i do yeah you know because the output is so massive
0: it is oh you just you have chills because you see me (laughs) because that's it's it's interesting when I'm people when they meet me in person they're like oh my gosh you're just so you have so much light so much energy I'm like thank mm-hmm. you and then I mm-hmm. once uh, something hits on the clock I got to go, yep. <laughs> I cannot hang around,
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because yeah because it's, it's done <laughs> it is yes yeah, it's, it's like I can't just keep putting out yeah and people aren't processing. On the level, or they're not; their processing isn't meeting my output. Right. So sometimes I just, you know, I just drench people, and I'm just like, you don't need anymore. You haven't even dealt
0: right with
1: what I just put down. so it's going to be a while. You need right. It's almost ready. like
0: the removal of my energy. Yeah. You. It's really for you to catch up.
1: Yes. Exactly. That's
0: really what it is for you to catch up. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've given readings and had sessions with people who they reach out to me like eight months later and they'll be like, oh yeah. So everything unfolded and this <laughs> is what happened. I'm like, oh, okay. You were trying to fight yeah. me during our session, but okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> I get <Yeah>.
1: it. <laughs> I get yeah. it. Pe- yeah, people are just really into overconsuming, but they're actually not consuming it. Right. Like it's like spiritual materialism and the way that like people Ooh. are just trying to collect Experiences, you know, and then it's like, well, you're just, yeah. Well, that's a book too, you know, spiritual materialism. Like that's a book by Trungpa Rinpoche, who was a Tibetan teacher. Um, Like spiritual classic. That book is just a classic, you know. But like it's it refers to how we just go around collecting spiritual experiences and spiritual artifacts, and we think that's the practice, but the metabolism. Is the, is the practice. is like what we get and how we work with it and how we change through the work. That's what we're trying to do. Right. But, you know, a lot of people are just like, I just want to feel a certain way when I'm around the teacher or whomever. Mm. Right. And they think that's it. And that's, that's spiritual materialism. Right. So for us, right. It's just like, no, I've given you all, all these resources, but you don't actually want to process this you don't want to metabolize this you just want to feel a certain way you know and i'm not here just to keep pouring into you because you're actually are like, a leaky vessel right
0: well <laughs> that's my you know my saying there's a lot of people saying that they're doing the work and they're not
1: exactly <laughs> because there ain't oh, no way ain't no
0: way you're this happy not
1: <laughs> you walking around <laughs> skipping you're not doing mm-hmm. nothing over there you're bypassing that spiritual bypass <laughs> yes. right you can use materials you know spiritual materialism to bypass the actual experience
0: work of digging yeah. deep and dealing with the root causes it is not yeah. for the faint of heart it is not easy exactly. it literally unzips you Yep. Takes all your insides out, throws it on the floor and says, figure it out.
1: Precisely. Just like that.
0: Yep. And when I see people and this is not a judgment or even when I work with certain people, and I know you see the same thing because like you said, the mm-hmm. spiritual materialists they just want to come and get the fix yep. and get the high. Yep. And it's just like, yep. that's not going to help you. Yep. It might help you for today. It might help you because you show up yep. every Friday. Yep. But what yep. are you doing when you leave here? What are you yep. doing when you go home? Exactly. What are you doing exactly. when no one else is watching?
1: Yeah. And that's the hard part. Like that's why in the book I talk about how this isn't glamorous or sexy. It's not a social media moment. Like this is a lot of this work is alone. Like a lot of this work is moving through really intense experiences, you know, but holding on to these practices that we've been taught that's the only way that i'm here you know it's that like i had to move from this place of saying you know what you know i I started out saying i just want to have these experiences with the teacher but then i realized i actually had to practice these teachings this advice to make it sustainable for me And there's a there's that gap you have to like you have to cross where it's just like I just have to like push through this.
0: Or as you talk about the loneliness of work or spiritual loneliness, that's a real thing to integrate.
1: Yeah, it's heartbreaking. It's overwhelming. Right. And it feels like it's devastating. (laughs) And that's where you feel like, oh, this isn't working. No, it is working. Like you're just always trying to run away from this place, but now you're here and you have to metabolize this. And for me, I just say it's about holding space. It's about saying, yeah, here you are. You know, here's the loneliness. Here's the sadness. You know, here you are. And I'm just going to take care of you by just allowing you to be here and not reacting to you, not trying to bypass you. And if you keep doing that, then these experiences reveal you know, moments of liberation, moments of spaciousness, moments of joy.
0: Right.
1: Right.
0: What do you want the new saint to know?
1: That's an excellent question. <laughs> you know, I I think that, I want the new saint to know that as you work hard, you have to play hard. Right. And I think, I think part, I think, I I think, That I didn't get to the fun as much as I wanted to, you know. But, but, you know, there may be a follow up book. (laughs) There will be. This may be a whole series of New Saints books. But, but yeah, but I wanted to get the work out there. Yeah, this is the hard work. But when you work hard, you have to play hard to balance the work and I, well, I talk about this in joy and the in the work that i talk about around joy is like yeah you may be facing some difficult stuff but like there's also joy and that difficulty that we can connect to right and people who have survived you know genocide annihilation you know what we're seeing right now in the world you know like there's joy even in the face of this intense trauma Right, and that's how our people have survived Mm -hmm. right it's like and our joy has given the world you know this this example of what liberation can look like and the work of liberation can look like you know but yeah work hard play hard (laughs) have fun pleasure is great like but pleasure is just an experience and we can't get consumed by it because it turns into self indulgence and self-indulgence is the antithesis to liberation work.
0: As I speak these words coming out of my mouth, there's genocide happening around the world, along with every other atrocity playing out. This is an opportunity to remind us of the importance of never losing sight of our own humanity so much that we fail to see the humanity in others i hope you enjoyed this interview with Lama rod owens the new saints is many things it is both a manifesto as well as a love letter to our broken hearts it is a cookbook full of recipes offering a profound experiences of freedom and transformation you can find Lama rod at Lamarod.com and also on Instagram at Lama Rod Official. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Is My Aura on Street. Make sure you have a great day, filled with good vibes and great energy. And remember, don't let anybody fuck with you. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Is My Aura On Straight. This podcast was edited by Adam Ross. If you loved this episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Also, make sure you're following me on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Until next time, bye-bye.